0: Philippians, chapter 3, verse 17, to chapter 4, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I have often told you of them, and now I tell you even with tears. Their end is destruction, their God is the belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things, But our citizenship is in heaven, and it is from there that we are expecting a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humiliation, so that it may be conformed to the body of his glory, by the power that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. Thanks be to God. So the second reading is from Luke, chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning, church. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Good morning, church. Let us pray. Precious God, we thank you for this new day. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for the joy that you give us as people of faith. We thank you for the many blessings. And we remember those that are not as fortunate as us. Those that are not as privileged as us. But nonetheless, God, we bring all our thanks before you in the hope that you will continue to be faithful towards us. These and many more I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You probably know very quickly I'm, I'm from a tradition of call and response. Uh, <laughs> there, there are many, many traditions that I am part of. So I do like to hear the echoes and the gigglings and, and the laughters and if I say anything that you know about, you can also contribute. So good morning, Church, one more time. Good morning. It is a great honor and privilege for me to be here today. I know that we tried to set the calendar, but the time that I couldn't come, one of my colleagues was actually retiring from ministry, and it would be a shame if I wasn't there as one of the close clergy, uh, close group of clergy in that space. I am excited, and I'm thankful for God for what God is doing amongst you here at Bloombury Central Baptist Church. I always get it wrong somehow. But nonetheless, I also want to say thank you uh, to your pastors Simon, Don, uh, Jackie, Luke, and many others uh, who have stayed in touch with me uh, to ensure that I'm here visiting today. Now, a quick confession. This is my first time in a Baptist church setting, so I'm not very familiar with the traditions. Our culture, I might get some things wrong. Please forgive me in advance. (laughs) But nonetheless, I bring all of myself to you this morning. I came from an Anglican background. I came from Pentecostal. And of course, course, the African Christianity background, you know. uh, I always remember my mother getting ready for church about 4 a.m. in the morning. Wonder why she's up so early. Because we're often at church for about eight hours. So, she had to make sure there's breakfast, lunch, and almost dinner as well. So, um, but with all of those things together, I'm just thanking God nonetheless. Um, you know, there are times where we break into singing in the middle of the sermon or into dancing. So, if you see me going along that pathway, you can join in as well. <laughs> uh, very well. So, Paul's epistle to many people and communities never ceases to amaze me. Um, Paul often says challenges and sends messages of encouragement. But in spite of this, of his epistle, and particularly his message to the Philippians, they left me with questions. And those questions are actually for you and also for me. And I've broken them down into three questions. The first question in this text today, are we doing enough imitating Christ? Question one. Question two, what is our citizenship in heaven? What is our citizenship in heaven? And thirdly, how do we transform the body of our humiliation? How do we transform the body of our humiliation? So the first question, are we doing enough? Friends, are we doing enough imitating Christ? What does it mean and what does it take to imitate Christ? Paul said to the Philippians, brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the examples you have in us. As Christians, there is an expectation. There is a responsibility that we live up to the ideal that is expected of Christians. Come on now, friends. It's exhausting being a Christian. It is indeed. People are watching us. People are looking for us for the best examples. I can assure you, this is never easy in the world we live in today. We have seen Christian homes divided over <coughs> crucial matters such as Brexit. Seriously. I'm not going to go there, just beyond that word, We have seen people take a very hardcore position that challenges our Christian faith, beliefs, and teachings. I believe that there is chaos in the house of God over who is a Christian and who is not. You know, October in England is Black History Month, so not surprisingly, I've been up and down the country sharing and talking about my own experience as a black man in England. You know, when I was a teenager, uh, when I was newly newly arrived in England from Nigeria. It was in the streets of London that someone told me, you're a black man. I think they forgot to tell me in Nigeria that I'm a black man because no one's ever told me in Nigeria that you're black. But of course, in London, I was reminded or told. Then of course, there's another experience as well. Um, uh, Of course, in the 1990s, I went for an audition at the University of Glasgow. I wanted to be an actor, but I didn't quite make it. But anyway. So, in the early 1990s, and um, at the end of the interview and the audition, um, I think I selected, um, if I remember, I played playing the mall, uh, in, in one of the Shakespearean stories. Um, and then, I was told at the end of the interview that I had speech impediment. In Glasgow. <laughs> I, I, was, I was baffled myself, I said, I just have you guys heard yourselves speak? You know, but anyway, and at the time, I did have a strong Nigerian accent. So if I'm going to play Othello, uh, you know, I, I think I should have an accent as well. It's quite deserving. But we also find ourselves as also in the Christian church. Um, you know, we've, done, we've said and done horrible things to each other. Um, so we need to be mindful of, you know, what we call people or what we expect people to see of us. Are they to imitate the loving Christ in us or are we leading them to a place of despair? You know, our journeys... I mean, I, I said to people that, you know, I don't stop being a clergy because I'm shopping in Sainsbury's. So if I sit down in a bar, well, I mean, any bar in Soho, I don't stop being a clergy. I mean, I've been to places where... I, I've taken a seat. I thought no one knew me here. and only for someone to say, hello, Reverend Gideon. And I go, good luck. I just need some quiet time to myself. But we don't stop being a christian because we're outside of the church i believe that the church is a place of healing not a place for ill health we come to church not for our blood pressure to hit the roof but for a place we can find safety in fellowship therefore friends has therefore are we doing enough are we doing enough imitating christ i believe we all know that christ is love christ is a justice minister Christ will never look down on anyone, and Christ will never discriminate. Um, but we find that very much so in our stories and in our communities today. So the question I want to leave you with, with our first point, is what examples are we living by? The second point is, the second question is, what is our citizenship in heaven? Verse 20 of Philippians 3 said, "...but our citizenship is in heaven." And it is from there that we are expecting a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When we align with the values of Christ, when we acknowledge what the Redeemer, that the Redeemer lives and that Christ is the Son of God, when we align ourselves with the fact that Christ is the Son of God and we live our lives as Christ has taught us, when we become the peacemaker, the model of love, it is Impossible for us not to show the extent of that love towards others. But our citizenship in heaven is based on our commitment to live our life as Christ has shown us. I often say to people that we need to do that, what we need to do is to live our lives with integrity and truth. And it's not always easy. Jesus said in Luke 10:27. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. If we are able to live by these principles, we are going to do amazing things. And if not, we risk much. Loving our neighbors is not easy. But when we begin to build walls and create boundaries about we and them, you and me, I believe that in today's climate and technology, our neighbors are reachable. Our neighbors are closer than we think. You know, there there is one of my parishioners, you know, she said, oh, you know, my my son just got me onto Facebook. And I go, okay. But the best part of it, the technology she likes is the camera. Because now she can always say goodnight every night to her grandchild. That's just how close we are. You know, I, I think that without technology, some of us would not even recognize each other. Seriously, I mean, I, I use technology myself. I mean, you know, I love to check in where I go, you know, check in where, everywhere. And people say, Jide, you've been everywhere this week. I said, yeah, I was just at a coffee shop. You know, I check in everywhere. But technology is also good. It brings us closer to our neighbors. And they're reachable. We can be concerned for people. We can be concerned for their welfare as well. We can always call those people that are often alone by themselves and check in with them. Many of us might have heard just a few days ago, and it's still in the news, the discovery of 39 people found dead in the back of a lorry. We cannot dismiss the pain that it might have caused us personally. We cannot dismiss the pain for the families back uh, in their countries as well because as the news continues to unravel you begin to see the sense of pain that people might have suffered especially some of them recognize the last moment where people were sending messages that they can't breathe or they're sorry this is happening but friends our citizenship in heaven is connected with how we treat each other here on earth our citizenship in heaven requires more you know Simon just spoke about the fact that he was out on a protest, you know, 79,000 signatures asking for families of um, asylum seekers or refugees to be connected with them as family here in the UK. And so prophet Micah also asked to say, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness and to work humbly with God. This is part of of our responsibilities as Christians. Peter said, do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but rather repay with a blessing. For this is why we are called that we might inherit a blessing. I love that so much, you know. In the midst of everything, people are challenging us as Christians. You know, when they curse us out, the first thing they want you to do is to curse them back. And trust me, the moment you curse them back, they say, oh, but you call yourself a Christian. But the Bible is calling us not to do so, but to repay with a blessing. Our citizenship is summed up in this verse uh, from, um, from Ephesians, and, and I'll just read it through Ephesians. You were dead through the trespasses and sins and in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient, All of us once lived among them in the passion of our our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace we have been saved. By grace, friends, we have been saved. And that is what it is and what it means to be a Christian. And thirdly and finally, how do we transform the body of our humiliation? I tell you one thing, only Christ can do that. Only Christ can transform the body of our humiliation that it may be conformed to the body of his glory by the power of that also enables him to make all things subject to himself. You know, the power of being a Christian is evident of our own upbringing as well. It's evident of the pastoral care that we share among ourselves. So if we have submitted our heart to Christ, he is able to transform us. It is just as simple as that. But it requires a number of things. We are daily humiliated because we have a faith. Believe me, when you step out there, your Christianity will be challenged. Because too often in this part of London or any part of London, we walk past a beggar. Our Christianity is challenged in that moment. Should I give or should I not give? You know, those things are are quite challenging. We are humiliated because of our faith. We say to people that Christ is our savior and they look at us as if we're complete bunkers. For me as a black African man who's also open about my sexuality and a Christian, I have been accused of embracing the colonizers' religion. I said, wow, that's deep, you know? I've been told by many black Africans that how come you go to church? You should be worshiping and celebrating their ancestral gods. But trust me, I do celebrate the ancestry God. You know, in in the, in the Anglican order, we remember the saints. We remember those that are martyred, right? So I also remember my grandparents as well. In fact, one of them is a nationalist leader of his time. I've had challenges reconciling my Christian faith with my sexuality. And many people have not believed that it was possible for me to be a citizen of heaven because of my sexuality and indeed the color of my skin. I was told that being gay is not African and that you cannot be a Christian. Come on. So as a Christian, I'm discriminated, <laughs> you know. As, as a gay man, I'm discriminated. So I'm thinking, you know, I just stick with Christ, you know. But what have you been told about yourself? What has been the major or big challenge to your citizenship of heaven? Have you been humiliated because you stood in righteousness over injustice and discrimination? Have you found yourself defending your Christian faith and belief? There's a huge price to pay, my friends. We have to stand for justice. We need to stand for the value and the importance of all people. Let us be the generation that brings about the end of discrimination of all kinds. In doing so, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown stands firm in the Lord in this way. And I'll remind you those questions again. Are we doing enough imitating Christ? What is our citizenship in heaven? And how do we transform the body of our humiliation? Amen
2: thank you again Jude for coming and sharing with us this morning now let us spend some time in prayer Lord we come to you after a busy week after work, after family after all the stresses and strains we come here knowing that we can find sanctuary that we can be with you yet the world does not end when we arrive here. And so we lift up our prayers. The world at the moment seems to be surrounded by protests. Those who protest in Chile or Ecuador against income equality. Those who protest against corruption in Iraq, Egypt and Lebanon. Those who protest for political freedom in Hong Kong, China and Barcelona and we pray for those who protest across the world in activities leading towards climate change we pray for all those that come together to lift up their voices as one to speak for themselves and to speak for those that have no voice to challenge to call out We pray for safety, we pray for justice, we pray for mercy. Closer to home, we are reminded of our politicians, those who are faced with difficult decisions every day. In addition to trying to balance personal lives, too often it is easy and we forget the person behind the political decisions being made. And so we pray for them, for their humanity. For their families. And we also pray that you will guide them and lead them. But we also pray for those who are affected by their decisions. We pray for the families of the 39 people who died looking for a better life, willing to risk everything, and all those who have died before them and will die in the future. We pray for those still living in this country in uncertainty. As to their status, afraid every day that they will be detained and taken away. We pray for those that are unaccompanied, the children and the young people, those who are stranded and alone and have family and could be connected. We pray for all those that have already been affected or will be defected through violence and displacement and the loss of security because of the climate crisis that we are in. Lord, give us grace but also give us courage. Give our politicians mercy and also show them your love. We pray for our own local community as well as the world for our church, our family, our friends. And we come before you confessing our own failings, our own lack of compassion and love. Lord, teach us to recognize our own privilege, our own prejudice, and our own selfishness. Shine light on our blind spots and open the places in our minds that are closed. Lord, teach us not how to show aggression through passive means, thinking we can get away with a dig or a comment because it was said in jest. Teach us not to lie to ourselves that our intent wasn't mean spirited. But Lord, we thank you that you forgive us all our failings. Give us graciously a spirit of love, forgiveness that sees only good in each other, that bears no grudges, no ill will, and forgives all grievances. May we learn to forgive even as you have forgiven us and live together in unity. Christ, teach us to imitate you. Build us up. Give us strength and open our eyes when we judge. Christ, we call out to you and submit ourselves, asking that you will transform the body of our humiliation to the body of Christ. Teach us to see ourselves and each other with your eyes, not the world's eyes, or by those who are still caught up in their own body of humiliation. Give us mercy. Give us peace. Teach us to love. Amen.